Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today, we actually have two. First one, Travis Schwartz. He is CEO and co-founder at GrowGlide. We're also joined by Darren Sipples, who is president at GrowGlide. And we're going to talk to them about the work that they do in cultivation and really kind of helping understand what it takes to run a modern, high-efficiency, productive cultivation solution and the work they've done to kind of help cultivators with some of the harder parts of really making that happen. I think as a lot of people know, cultivation is sort of, no pun intended, kind of the foundation of the the growth industry that we're in in cannabis. And the solutions around this are developing all over the place. People with all sorts of innovation and new approaches. And as we kind of evolve and get more sophisticated, more scientific about how we grow cannabis, these solutions become really, really important. So excited for this conversation, excited to know what they're doing, excited to kind of hear how they're viewing the world of cannabis cultivation and, and what's coming in the future as well. So with that, Travis, Naren, welcome to the program. 
Thanks, Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So why don't we start with uh, just a little bit of background. So before we kind of find out what you're working on today and all the exciting things you're innovating on, give us a little background personally. And then as the company, and I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first on this. I'll go ahead and start first. Darren go Cycles here. I um, So yeah, I, uh, I've been in this industry, shoot, more than half my life. <laughs> um, kind of started out quite young in the industry, partaking and, and getting involved and just kind of seeing as it evolved and, and where I fit in and um, kind of jumped into the cultivating side of things and, you know, did the did the school thing simultaneously. And uh, by the time graduation and degrees came around, I, I realized I was far more fit to stay in the industry that I had chosen at a young age. So started getting into consulting and, and uh, designing the facilities. And uh, that's kind of where the, the racks and the mobile racks kind of idea was birthed. And mm-hmm. uh, basically just being in an industry that was ever surrounded by figuring out your own solutions because it was a very every man for themselves industry. So uh, that's what kind of birthed the idea. And, and uh, you know, I've had a long track record with Travis here and family friend, and uh, he knew a little bit about the business side of things and we kind of joined forces and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, give us your kind of story. Why, why cannabis? Why'd you get involved? Yeah, great question. So uh, as I mentioned, is I'm a kind of family friend for about 15 years. You know, my background wasn't in cannabis at all as a grower, occasional user growing up, but not really anything directly. I've been focused on really growing businesses over the last six years. I have a handful of businesses that I've kind of rapidly scaled that included many growing teams and manufacturing overseas, et cetera. So it kind of came to me, Darren came to me about three years ago now with a really cool idea, something I was interested in. And I always like to look at things and how to solve problems. And uh, from there, it's been a, a really exciting trajectory that we've uh, been able to work together on both product and uh, building a world-class team to solve growers' problems, which is an awesome feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess, tell me a little bit about how you initially kind of looked at the industry or kind of decided what problem you wanted to solve. Because there's, so, there's so many problems, I guess, in general in cannabis, but certainly in cultivation. I mean, there's lots of things you can focus on in cultivation to drive kind of business improvement, business results. Like, how did you pick kind of the problem that you really wanted to focus on? I'll start on that one. You know, what really was, was happening a lot and still is kind of happening is um, the lack of innovation and more repurposing, right? So, you know, for a long time, cannabis industry was leaning on ag and, and gaining knowledge from ag and bringing things to the cannabis side and, you know, all these quote unquote new ideas that cannabis side was like, oh, this is great. This is the most innovative thing we've ever seen. And then ag is over there like, yeah, we've been using that for decades. You know, what are you guys talking about? And the same thing with racking. So it was, it was really a always a repurposed type of thing and never a purpose built. So that's what really got me into that and made that that niche more aware and more of a need that was needed in the industry. So that's kind of my part on it. I'm sure Travis can elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of Darren hit the nail on the head. When you're looking at a, a grow room from a holistic approach, you kind of have to start with the first thing that goes in the room. So beyond building the box, getting the floors done, it's how do we you know, start maximizing the use of our space. And and looking at the solutions that are out there, they were very, very underutilizing the space, both just in a horizontal level. So effectively, uh, tables attached to the ground. So Darren came up with the idea of like, well, if we put them on wheels and roll them to, you know, to one side or the other, we can uh, fit more in here, which allows more uh, rows to be added. And then from there, it was natural to go vertical. And then on top of that, we just started integrating other systems into it to make it more purpose-built for from drainage, electrical uh, airflow, et cetera. Yeah. And what, I mean, I, I'm curious about the economics of all this, right? So 
Uh, how, I guess, how much of this, of, of the innovation is kind of product design and kind of price point or kind of economics of the cost basis of the solution? How does that relate to the kind of the yield or the return that you're able to generate in terms of increased yield or increased productivity of the space? And how has kind of the economics of the industry, you know, the market price of cannabis, how has that changed things? I'm just kind of curious how you've done the math on these. So I'll speak on that. I mean, I'll let Travis hit the logistics side of it and I'll speak more on the, the, the use case because of my background. I, you know, I know very well what climate and what is needed to be successful in, in a grow room. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of the system out, out there didn't take that into consideration when designing their, their system. It was, you know, hey, we'll throw a plastic tray on here and now it's for growing. We've actually designed it in a sense to where we're thinking electrical, we're thinking installation, we're thinking airflow, we're thinking water flow, we're thinking of all these different things as we're designing it to, rather than having to bring more more product into the picture to make it work. It's more like, Hey, because we designed it this way, now we're creating this airflow down here. Now we're creating this drainage system. That's easily to clean, you know, easy to clean and all that. So because we started from the floor up, we were able to really hit hard on the pain points that were already existing. And then from the logistics standpoint, you know, we, uh, our most common size part is a 42 inch by 48 inch, which as most people know, the same exact size as your standard pallet. So I'll kind of leave, lead that into let Travis talk about the logistics and kind of where our head was, was at with the modularity and, and why that was also a necessity. Yeah. yeah thanks, Aaron. Yeah. I think the, the main key there is from the efficiency standpoint of the grow operation that most people are looking at it as an investment, of course, and how do you run it as a business? You obviously have to know all of the nuances of growing, but starting taking into like the costs that all roll up into the final cost of the landed product. A lot of that is going to take into account the amount of energy from electricity, the amount of equipment needed from HVAC, the amount of human bodies that are needed to be, you know, accessing a room on either the ground or multi-tier level. So kind of thinking through those, we optimized our system from for the user to effectively grow more with less if that makes sense so less energy less HVAC less time of man hours to do things so that's really been our core focus as we've developed the product and to speak to the actual you know, logistics that Darren was mentioning on you know we knew that growers there's there's so many different ways to grow right and, and there's many of many many of them that work great and we've took the stance of we our system is modular and can be designed to help a grower grow however they want to grow, right? We're not in the business of telling you this is how you should grow. We'll tell you we can help you grow or whatever that means to you. So because our system's modular, we, we very much think of it like Legos, right? If you can remember playing with Legos as a kid, you know, you open your Legos, your box, it's really exciting. You get the instruction manual and there's, you know, 50 different types of Legos in there. And then it tells you how to build it. We take that same approach for our customers and that all of our components are Legos. They're modular. We have them in-house. Our engineering team and solutions team work with you to help you build out that instruction manual. And then we actually send a team out there and physically install it for you. So it's going to give you the best kind of solution without having to say, hey, we got to take a bunch of time to custom make you something. And then that could have you know errors when you start custom making things and where our system allows us to kind of adjust on the fly during installation, which is super cool and innovative. What are you finding in terms of grow facilities these days? I mean, I know, uh, you know, originally there was a lot of kind of converted facilities. Now, you know, there's a lot of, you know, custom built facilities that are purpose built for cannabis cultivation. Like, are you focused on or do particularly well in, in one situation or the other? Or tell me a little bit about your kind of target market, I guess, or focus on types of culture. I'll take that one first. Um, I think that overall, it's pretty evenly split. You know, there's a lot of people who are 
coming in and taking a, a, a building from the ground up and building the entire thing purpose built. And those are probably the people who are going to have potentially the most success long term. However, they have the most you know expense and time to get up and running. So that's kind of the downside versus the guys who are taking over something that's already in function. And we are seeing a, that's probably, I'm going to say maybe a, a pretty even split, right? Let's say call it 50-50 between those two. But we are seeing a, a vast majority of people who have been doing this and growing for a number of years now very much focused on how to transition from growing on a single level, kind of that that uh, retrofit approach that we were talking about earlier to a multi-tiered purpose-built solution. The vast majority of the industry from, you know, the craft growers all the way up to the large-scale MSOs are all thinking about the, the that next level of scale. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, one of the big things that I've seen in the cultivation world is just the, sort of the size and complexities of these sort of facilities at this point. I mean, we, we went from, you know, like a 10,000 square foot grow was really big at one point to now you're, you know, 100,000 square foot grow, million square foot grow. Like these things are becoming quite significant. How does that change, I guess, the, you know, the sort of the economics or the strategy when it comes to outfitting these facilities with this kind of infrastructure? I'll, I'll touch on that first. You know, yeah. We're kind of in the shift right now, too, because you mentioned, you know, 10,000 square foot facility now to a 100,000 square foot facility. But because of the shift going from uh, HID lighting, you know, single tier growing to uh-huh. LED growing, and now the confidence in LEDs is rising like crazy. You know, when you mentioned 10,000 square foot facility three years ago, you're looking at 5,000 square foot of canopy. Well, now with vertical growing, you can mention a 10,000 square foot facility and you can be talking about 25,000 square foot of canopy. So that change has been dramatic. And then on that note is... Because of that shift of the LEDs and getting out of the HPS, you know, that's really, uh, we're in the middle of it. So it's it's a pretty fun time to, and the data yeah. is it's just yeah. all over the place. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And what, what are the, I mean, when you deal with multi-tier growing, I guess, what are the new dynamics you need to start considering and how have you addressed them with your infrastructure? I don't know if it's new dynamics. It's more existing dynamics. And if you have your head wrapped around the climate and what's going to happen on your first level, second level, third level, and creating the amount of room to get that air exchange in the room, you know, a lot of it's stigma, right? It's a lot of it is, is people had a bad experience with it, just like LEDs, yeah. you know, like yeah. I went and invested $20,000 in what could have been $5,000 of lights and I failed miserably. So yeah. LEDs suck compared to... I got these LEDs. I was ill-informed. I didn't know what I needed to do and the parameters I needed to set, and therefore I failed. You know, now there's data coming out. Now we've got innovators coming in and helping each other and and helping people be successful. So the the amount of growth and and confidence in this vertical growing is tremendous. And they're starting to become aware of okay, well now we're going up. So let's you know extend the room in these areas and create this airflow that we need so we don't have these issues that people had in the past that blamed it on the system compared to the lack of knowledge on setting up your your climate for success. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. So let's walk through a little bit about what you actually support. So I I get sort of the general idea of you're providing infrastructure, you know, help with the cultivation process, but walk us through the sort of the environmental factors and the environmental systems that you're supporting. How have you integrated into them? You know, what are some of your innovations on, on how to make this a you know, a more advanced solution. It's definitely connecting the dots. And, and because I've been in the industry for so long, it's real easy for me to, you know, where are you at? Okay, cool. Well, I've got this cultivator right in your area. I'm going to set you up with a visit, get you in that facility. You get in there and see what they're doing, how they're doing it, what's working, what's not working. That's the biggest thing that we, as this company with being rooted into the, into the culture, that's what helps big time, right? We get to, we have those resources, but that's, yeah. you know, that, that's the biggest thing is being able to connect the dots. And we don't want to jump into the consulting realm, but we do have people being successful in all sorts of ways of doing it. 
So we do have the connections and the strings to pull and to put the right people together because it we're beyond the hump. You know, people are already being very successful, triple tier growing. It's just getting the information and, and setting up your facility in a way to, to make it happen. Yeah. And if I could add to that, I think that, you know, the, the specific areas that we focus on is really, we have a, a vast knowledge of how to maximize the usage of space in your, in whatever your boxes that you're starting with, whether it has pillars in the way or, you know, different height changes as you're moving along. So that's kind of the core piece of what we do. And then Airflow, we have a new air glide system that we launched, uh, MJ Biz 2021, that is kind of changing the game on how the system works. It's very similarly following our modular style, allowing different types of growing, whether it's sub canopy airflow up or, you know, above light air blowing down through the canopy has CO2 injection through it, etc. as well as kind of easily cleanable or exchangeable sock systems versus some of the other uh, options out there that are less GMP quality certified. So that's kind of where we went next. You know, we, we are you very unique thing about our system is how the drainage is kind of built in. So most cultivators are finding anywhere from call it 15 to 30% savings in their, in the fees that their plumbers and electricians charge because they're using our system. So it just sit, kind of makes their life a lot easier. And how, why is that? Like, what do you, what do you do that makes their, those subs, sub yeah. contractors easier for them? Great question. I'm going to pitch the Darren on that one. He's going to do a better job. Than <laughs> so, me. I mean, we, we incorporate it. the, the drainage system. So it's a built-in gutter, built-in one inch nipples, threaded nipples for plumbers to tie into compared to, I want to say all the other systems are basically a plastic tub and then it's on them to drill a hole and then use bulkhead fittings on every single tray on, you know, for every eight feet, for every 32 square feet, these guys are uh-huh. required to drill a hole and put a bulkhead fitting in, you know, and you got a job that's 32,000 square feet. That's a significant amount of, of holes you're cutting, yeah. a thousand holes. So yeah. we've yeah. incorporated on-site, that drainage. On-site holes are notoriously bad for quality too. Exactly. So, I mean, you're, you're yeah. looking at a thousand holes you got to drill and, and, and you have to ensure that they're not going to leak too. So you, you yeah. got callbacks, you got leaky this, leaky that. So plumbers get to tie into it right away. We got away from the three quarter inch standard sizing that that everybody's using and we went to one inch very cleanable gutters our trays actually slope compared to because again i mean 90 percent of our competitors worth noting are are coming from the storage industry so you know you don't have any reason to store nike shoe boxes at a slope right so you're gonna <laughs> yep. you're gonna slap your plastic yeah. tray on there and then you're gonna you know they're thermal forming their trays in a way that they can create the water to fall by the way that they form their tray, which is, you know, very minimal slope. So we've got a true one inch slope, which helps the, the water movement. And there's no questions where it's going. It's going there. Plumbers are tying in. As far as electrical goes, we've got very overbuilt uprights that are open cavities. So they're able to utilize the, the actual upright structure of the rack to protect the, the wiring coming in to feed all their receptacles. I also went through and I'm not a big fan of tech screws, you know, you know most of your, your electricians are going to walk on a job with a pocket full of tech screws and these little brackets and start clamping yeah. everything everywhere. That's not us. Our system's got hole punches everywhere, lasered out all over the entire system. So realistically, you know, your electrician comes in with those, you tell them, throw those away, you give them a handful of zip ties and you say, here you go. So they're, they're ease of use, ease of installs a lot quicker that way. We're not penetrating any holes in our, in our racking to create rust. You know, yeah. we're, we're taking a metal product and we're slapping it in a tropical rainforest. So we also, um, our, our systems last a long time. You know, you put a powder coated piece of metal in a rainforest, it's going to bleed orange within weeks. Whereas our system is all e-coated. So it all goes for a bath and gets completely submerged and then powder coated. So I want to say we're the only racking company that's actually doing that as well. Because again, we designed the rack to put it into a rainforest, not to put yeah. it into a warehouse to store shoes. You know, you know the environments that you were, you were dealing with. And what are the economics? I mean, I, you know, doing a triple tier, right. And, you know, is, 
has a cost to it, but it offsets worth, you know, from the real estate cost and the development cost. Like, is there, are there kind of situations, uh, you know, with kind of land costs and construction costs in certain areas that it doesn't make sense to go to triple tier or what is everything like everything can go to triple tier at this point. What do the economics look like there? I'll touch on it briefly. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll touch on it briefly, but yeah, it really comes down to, I'll just leave it with this is any of my guys that have gone to scale with three tier, when they get their ROI reports back, they don't even think or talk about one or two tier ever again, moving forward. And I'll let Travis elaborate on that. Yeah. Go ahead, Travis. Yeah, thank you. So we have a, actually a really cool tool that helps explain this on our growglide.com website about a room generator we call it. Uh, that allows you to 3D render it and give you like an ROI for it. But the gist of the situation is if you're looking at a single tier system and we're just going to use easy numbers, right? If that first tier for whatever your building is $100,000, that second tier add-on is probably you know, only $60,000. And the third tier is probably $50,000, right? Because you're just stacking onto the base that is like the core component. And so from that perspective, it's not simply times three. It's more efficient the taller you go from a, a cost perspective. And similarly, by having... If you had all the space in the world and in uh, many areas like New York, that's just an open market coming online where space is very expensive for that per foot on the ground, your cost savings from having three rooms that are 10,000 square feet versus one room that's 10,000 square feet, but then has 30,000 square feet of canopy in it by going vertical is just a astronomical savings. And the biggest thing that most people think of when they look at that is, yes, that's true, but, and everybody has that but statement, right? And it, it comes down to how do I efficiently work on you know that second or third tier? Most people are going to say the labor is going to cost me three times as much because they, people have to use these ladders. It's unsafe. Everybody's got an excuse there. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the core components that I haven't really touched on yet that we did focus on, which is our, our grow deck system. Effectively, it's a aluminum structure that's integrated directly to our very robustly built steel racks, which will allow you mm-hmm. to essentially have the same efficiency at any level, right? So you put the system on, it takes two guys a couple of minutes to put together a 40-foot uh, deck system. Then we have a, a, a customized ladder that's uh, uh, OSHA compliant that they can walk up, get up there, have some safety guards that block them off. And then once they're up there, it's just their work efficiency and workflow is the same as if they're on the ground. And that system works at as many tiers high as you want to go. Three tiers is generally what we see the most people kind of limiting it out at. And the mo- biggest factor of kind of prevents them from going three tiers is if they're coming into a pre-existing building and just don't currently have the ceiling height necessary, which is ideally probably 18 to 20 feet to do three tiers and probably 12 to 14 to do two tiers. There's You can get outside those parameters and make it work, but that's probably the most ideal. Yeah. And how, how many, what's what's the maximum number of tiers you've done? And we've worked on projects with seven, seven tiers. Wow. But, wow. Yeah. It dramatically re- requires, you know, ceiling height. And then also it depends on the grow style, you know, you know, you got guys yeah. that are yeah. right out of seedlings, flipping them and, you know, finishing at two to three feet. And you got guys that are finishing at five, six feet. So it's, again, it's, <laughs> we stay, we stay away from telling the growers how to grow. We just say, how do you grow? And then we say, this is how our system can best, you know, help you with, with support your stuff. That, yeah. because it is such a wide range. And, and, you know, I would never want to be the guy to say, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. It's like, no, I, it's the exact opposite. What's working for you. That's what's right. Go. That's what you do. You know, got it. Are there things though, that, if, you know, someone that's used to growing in a single tier environment, you know, looking to go into multi-tier environment, like what, what are the things you need to kind of learn or do differently or, or adjust for? You know, it, it kind of goes into twofold there because the reason why they are still single tier is because most likely they're not growing with LEDs. 
so the LED is the biggest factor in my opinion there. Um, I mean, I'm also a guy that didn't buy into the LED thing and I was spending, you know, a couple hundred dollars per fixture compared to a thousand dollars per fixture. And I was still growing vertically. So I was a little bit an outlier on that sense, but really what it comes down to is if they're single tier, they're most likely they haven't bought into LEDs yet and they're still running HIDs and they haven't, they just haven't bought into it. That's really the biggest factor there. But once they, once they buy into it, which, you know, (laughs) the numbers don't lie, you know, you can't, you can only be stubborn for so long until you realize like, okay, you're a dinosaur. You know, I'm now getting my lights for free because my neighbors just threw them out into the dumpster. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to go extinct if you're not careful. And how has the market kind of played off for you? I mean, where have you found kind of the most interest in the product? Is there any particular, you know, kind of States or areas that are embracing kind of multi-tier led kind of strategies faster than others? Yeah, I'll hop in. I think that it's pretty evenly spread out that, you know, the entire industry is looking to go vertical. You know, the the states that are in the beginning, you know, every like we said, everybody had that stigma. They didn't want to go vertical. And then three years ago at MJ Biz, it would have been, hey, we're trying to figure out how to grow, right? And then every year it's okay, we now know how to grow. Now we're trying to figure out how to do it more efficiently. And they everybody's kind of arrived at the, the what's required is all right, now that we know how to grow really well, we've developed whatever our style is. Now we need to multiply that in a, in a vertical level. And I think Darren touched on it earlier really well, but the, the biggest difference is just understanding in your head that once you can operate on level two or three, just like level two, that workflow part of it is kind of knocked out. And then it's just the airflow mixing so that you don't, so you get the same environment. And that's really where our air glide system comes into play and some of the other unique fan uh, layouts that Darren and others design uh, to keep that flow going into there. Uh, specifically states, you know, like New York that are coming online that where real estate is just really expensive or power is more expensive. And we see a lot of our core customer in Southern California, which is actually where our headquarters is based out of Riverside, California. Those are two that just come to mind. But as we go on, it, it always makes sense from the numbers, regardless of where you are, but it just makes more sense in some of those areas that have a, a really co- high cost of square footage. I think, yeah. I think prior to social media and Instagram, that would have been a more interesting answer for that question. But because, because of the presence of Instagram, it's a level setter. You know, you've got guys in states that have been growing with living soil for decades. And then now you've got these platforms on social media and then they get so much knowledge and they get to learn all these things that they would have never learned before. Cause if you're only learning from your neighbor and all your neighbors are doing the same shit, your whole state's doing the same shit. Yeah, so, exactly. so now we've yeah, got the level setting of, of social media. Yeah. Your neighbor tells you, yeah. Yeah, I get it. And I mean, I guess, where are you as a business at this point? Like, what growth level are you at? What are you hoping to do in 2022? Give me a sense of your your kind of journey that you hope to be on. I'll field that question. You know, I've luckily had uh, success in the past in various businesses at, at kind of rapidly growing, which has really lend itself to helping me see the path that we're on. You know, perspective-wise, I won't get too much into numbers, but we're on about a 20x growth rate year over year. We were a seven-figure company last year, and so 20, working on 20x that. Um, our team has grown from about, call it five at the beginning of the year, to about 40 today in 2021. So rapidly growing, and I've learned from my experience of in order, in order to grow stably, you've got to always bring people who have better answers than I do in their various fields. So I focused on really finding people who have effectively 10 plus years of experience uh, and specialty and whatever it is that they have. And we're blessed with the effectively a team of rock stars that are all on the same path. We call them all our family and we are, everybody is a, a very high level professional, I would say in all their respects. Yeah. 
And uh, tell me a little bit about your manufacturing strategy and where are you manufacturing and are you getting crushed by the problems of getting things out of China and places like that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, and then uh, and today's end of end of the end of twenty twenty one. It's probably the, what I anticipate would be the worst uh, it, it'll ever be. Knock on wood a little bit. But uh, you know, we're, we manufacture. Um, across the globe in various locations. We have about eight manufacturers and that's a couple of different places in Asia, as well as kind of uh, south of the U.S. border. We have a lot of a lot of things that we've been seeing and, and projected what was going to happen, you know, for 18 months ago. And when the pandemic hit, I had the, the benefit and fortune of kind of one of my backgrounds being within Amazon, right? Uh, Amazon FBA, it's an entirely different thing. But that gave me a glimpse into what was coming because those guys really got hit with the uh, supply chain problems in the beginning. And we've been very direct on in hiring team members to help us solve those problems. So, you know, overall, we haven't had any issues that have negatively impacted customers and project installs to date. A lot of our customers are being having seen delays, but that is entirely due to, you know, the many other components that go into building one of these facilities from the plumbers to electricians to, the, you know, the just permitting, you know, permits been a huge issue with just getting uh, the number of labor issues uh, out there that are preventing people from getting permits and things signed off in a timely manner. Uh, always a challenge. Uh, this has been great. If people want to find out more about the two of you, about the products and everything you do with Groglide, what's the best way to get all that information? Uh, definitely uh, via our website. We have a very robust system and that's groglide.com. We have some cool stuff along with some augmented reality where if you kind of conceptually hear what we're talking about, you can actually you can go on our website to ar.groglide.com, download or just view it and drop our one of our racking systems right there in person in your living room right now. So encourage people to check that out. Awesome. I'll put the uh, URL in the show notes here so people can get that. Darren, Travis, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.